0: Thank you for waiting. We're now boarding all passengers on No Blackout Dates Airlines. All aboard, No Blackout Dates to... Wait. Where the hell are we going? No Blackout Dates. Zero Blackout Dates. Good to see you. Good to see you. How you doing? Nothing, nothing, really and truly all day long like 7-Eleven.
1: Those two flight attendants just disappeared downstairs. They're going to hook up.
2: And the captain has his pants down and is is mooning for the camera.
3: She knew you were going to try and tie her up, so she was getting ready to counter-tie you guys up. Welcome back to No Blackout Dates. I'm Evan. I'm Tim. And we've got a really good one for you today. I know I say that every week, but it's actually true this week. If you've ever flown before, if you've ever considered flying, if you've ever looked at an airplane, if you ever watched the movie Airplane, you're going to enjoy this one because we have a real-life flight attendant with us today. Betty has been a flight attendant for quite some time. She's the host of the popular podcast, Betty in the Sky with a Suitcase. She's very familiar with the job's dirty secrets, and she's here to share some of those dirty secrets with us. It's kind of funny, as travelers... Flight attendants are like fixtures of our world, and they're these like mysterious people who always say and do the right things. But as we learned from Betty, that is not always true behind the scenes. Flight
1: attendants, to me, are these people that they're like a shell that you want to crack, but you can't, but you know they have an amazing life and you just want to hear about it. But I've never actually been good friends with a flight attendant, and it kind of goes in with booking this episode took forever because... Uh, Evan was in touch with multiple flight attendants who ghosted, didn't want to open up, this and that, but ended up working out perfectly because Betty comes on and just broke everything down and shares all the stories that we ever wanted to hear anyway. So I'm glad we got her and not any of the others.
3: Yeah, it's this weird dynamic, it seems, where they swear like an oath of silence and or for whatever reason, and Betty explains it a little bit, they're just very, um they don't want to misrepresent their airline, which I get, but it's good because Betty is, technically anonymous. So she doesn't never reveals her her full name. And that allows her to be completely honest with us.
1: Yeah, we don't know her name or the airline on which she works. And to be perfectly honest, if I got on a flight tomorrow, and she was working it, there's probably a 90% chance that I wouldn't even pick up on that.
3: Yeah, maybe we should have put like a viewer warning on this episode, because this will just shatter your happy illusions about flight attendants, what they're really like. Because I mean, like I said, I always think of them as these kind of consummate professionals, these pristine, polished people. And then now, after hearing from one and hearing what actually goes on, you're gonna you're gonna realize, like uh, behind that smile, they're secretly saying "fuck you" to all the passengers. Uh, there's a lot that goes on in the crew rest area that is not fit for public consumption. They've seen some shit.
1: Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I the thing about this now is it makes me question back when I was in eighth grade and I had to go to shadow a professional day or whatever it was called, where you go to work with somebody. You know, a lot of people go with their dad or whatever. I did the worst thing ever. I went to the batting cage and I just hid in the batting cage and pretended to be shadowing the guy that worked at the register. I should have gone and shadowed a flight attendant because what cooler thing to do, would to fly around with somebody and just stay in a hotel in a random exotic city and just kind of get a taste of this crazy life on the road that they have
3: so you could have picked any job to go shadow the the person who worked there like any job i mean i I, yeah that person has to say yes no no i know but but you you, you could choose any profession and then like they they will set it up for you and you can just hang out with them all day and you chose the cash register at a batting cage not even the guy that like picks up the bar feeds the balls in the thing the Cash register guy.
1: Yeah, it's called Grand Slam USA. And my my line of thinking was that I was definitely going to be a baseball player when
3: I grew up. So I want to just go practice baseball. Yeah, we've talked about this. And just to reiterate before we get into the interview, anyone who wants to send notes of support to Tim as he pursues his dream of Major League Baseball, send them to... Noblackoutdatespod at gmail.com along with a little donation. We might start a GoFundMe page. Who knows? But send me to spring training. (laughs) (laughs) Let's get Tim out there. Let's get Tim into the minor league system at the very least. But for now, let's get into our interview with Betty. All right. We'll see you on the other side. All right. Betty, the flight attendant. Thank you so much for taking the time to meet us today.
2: Actually, it's nice to meet you.
3: Yeah. So you are a longtime flight attendant and host of the podcast Betty in the sky with a suitcase which you've been running for how many years now like eight nine
2: I started no I started in 2005 oh when wow okay nobody had ever heard of a podcast
3: <laughs> you, you could you could claim responsibility for just popularizing podcasts if you wanted to
2: actually I call myself a pod father because a pod mother doesn't sound right pod mother
3: <laughs> so Tim and I fly a lot for work and I think a lot of our listeners do too and we like to think that we we have a good handle on flight attendants, like we, you know, we understand what's going on, but we really don't. I'm sure we have absolutely no clue, and there's so much that goes on behind the scenes, and you know that better than anybody. So what inspired you to first start this podcast to kind of shed some light to the general public on the life of a flight attendant?
2: I always loved... Um, the senior flight attendants always had such good stories. And I always thought that, you know, there was a medium that would be perfect for it. And when the podcasting started, I was like, oh, well, I always wanted to tell stories. And here's a great way to do it.
3: Yeah, the uh, it's funny. So I've tried three times to get flight attendants to come on this show, and they have proven to be Incredibly elusive. I was awkwardly ghosted. And <laughs> what? It's is there a, a code of secrecy you you swear to when you become a flight attendant? Is there some kind of? Uh, one of them indicated that it was you know they weren't able to reveal any information about what happens kind of in their job. Is there like a mafia esque like you you light a, a playing card on fire in your hand and take a blood oath? Like is that what's the, what's going on? Is there like?
2: It's not that. It's just that uh, the airlines have historically not wanted uh, employees to speak for them. So uh, they they don't want, you know, they want to be in control of everything about them. So uh, flight attendants have gotten in trouble and have gotten fired for certain things. Because um, when I first started the podcast, uh, there was a flight attendant, she took a kind of a sexy picture of her in her uniform. Now there's a million of them, but she got fired for that. So I I took um, great pains when I started the podcast to keep, I don't say what airline I worked for. Um, I just say I worked for a major airline because uh, I think the reason why they're so elusive is that it's hard to get a job as a flight attendant. So you don't want to jeopardize, and it's a great job. I still think it's a great job. Uh, you don't want to jeopardize that. So for me, uh, there are now, because, you know, social media is so popular, there are flight attendants and pilots who say their name and they say um what airline they work for but they make a big thing about you know my opinions or my own but the thing is i like some of my stories are racy or it might have racial things it's basically anything that's funny or entertaining so like when you would look at like media policies you know you don't want to violate anything because you know the job is still a great job
3: yeah And i feel like if you aren't anonymous and you are still working as a flight attendant you are more hindered in what you're able to say and what you're able to reveal, so it's it's great in a sense that you are you have that anonymity to kind of have the freedom to say whatever you want and really just tell the truth,
2: yeah, but a lot of people have figured out um you know lots times they'll figure out what airline I work for, but I never say it.
3: do you rely on consistently having crazy people and crazy stories for the podcast content do you Are you ever in danger of running out of material?
2: yes especially if i'm flying with people that aren't funny or entertaining um actually i'm the only flight attendant that's excited when like somebody poops in the aisle or <laughs> Because I'm like, yes, I got a good story. So I'm the only one. In general, we don't want any, we want non-eventful. But for me, because uh, I always need content, I'm thrilled when something happens.
3: Well, hold on, hold on, hold on. Backtrack on that for a second, because we need to know more about this. Who's the guy? What happened? Why did he do it? Where did he do it? What's going on? How? How? Who's pooping in the aisle?
2: Well, it's actually... It's actually kind of sad. He was an older man, and he really had to go. And there was another gentleman, and he said, I really need to go. And the other man didn't let him uh, go in front of him. So...
3: Well, now we're dicks for laughing. So let's move on from that one. Yeah,
2: it's so so sad that the guy wouldn't let him go. You You know, if it's a child or an old person, you should let them go.
1: How do you handle that in the moment when it's happening? Like if somebody poops in the aisle, or if somebody has an outburst and freaks out, what is the... I mean, how do you control people? Because I I have to say, all the flying I've done, I've never been on a flight where something major has gone wrong or scared everybody. And I've always wondered how the staff
3: handles something like
2: that. Well, the thing is, you probably have been on flights. You just don't know it.
3: They're pros, Tim. They fix it. They cover it up. You never knew what happened. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, there it is.
2: No, not even just that. It's like uh, you're on a plane. You've got your headphones on and you're looking at the screen in front of you. So when we have, I just had somebody freak out and we had to zip tie them because they uh, they went crazy and hit and bit a, a flight attendant. But I would say two, flight, two passengers on that flight even knew anything was going on because you're so... F- focused unless it's like right next to you you're never gonna know
3: are you ever surprised by how stupid people are or are you just like used to it by now slash have you grown to just hate people
2: no i don't hate people at all and actually i don't think they're stupid i think they're out of their element you know it's just um they or they haven't thought about they don't think things through and uh i i in general don't think people are stupid at all but they have a lot of um ideas that they haven't really thought out. They people ask for all kind of interesting things. Um and actually I love it because like I said, I like the content. So uh I love when they ask for something like a somebody um they spilled some the kid had spilled like a Coke and she said um she had like the pants off and she's like, Can you put this on the clothesline? And I'm like, the clothesline? <laughs>
3: yeah. Imagine how fast you could dry clothes if there was a clothesline like between the wings or something. Yeah, it's
2: back by the pool. <laughs> <You know? laughs> <laughs> or i had another guy ask um he said he was sitting in the exit row and he said um i want to go out and take a nap on the wing and i was like
3: no excuse
2: me yeah yeah he's like i want to take a nap on the wing it says in in flight magazine that you can take a nap on the wing and i was like i went and told the purser i'm like he's crazy he doesn't need to be sitting at the exit row and then later on on the layover another flight attendant said Oh, you know what? There's an ad in the in-flight magazine that shows somebody sleeping on the wing. It's like, you know, it's like it's (laughs) it's just like a cartoon.
3: Oh, my God. He must
2: have seen it and thought that he could go out and take a nap on the wing.
1: You take the Texans out of Texas and put them on the top of a ski hill in Colorado. And no
3: matter how smart they are, they're still very out of their elements. It's a similar thing. So the ding that you get when you when you guys are summoned. Yes. Do you hate that? Do you hear that in your dreams? Do you wake up in a cold sweat hearing the ding?
2: No, it's actually not a bad thing. In general, like 95% of the time, it's nothing because people don't even know what they're doing. Like they don't even know that they've hit it. And then you say, did you need something? You rang your flight attendant call bell and they're still looking at you like, what? (laughs) Like you walk away and they're still going, what?
1: What can a guest do to befriend or maybe not even befriend but just get on the good side of their flight attendant and and i asked this because one time i was flying uh on another domestic flight to florida and the person i was flying with we kind of struck up a conversation with the flight attendant and you know whatever here and there we talked throughout the flight and then when we were leaving she gave us each a free drink coupon that's nice and so you're we like wow we we need to talk to more flight <laughs> attendants because this is great <laughs> So I'm wondering what what are you, some of your favorite ways to interact with customers? Tim wants to know how
3: to hit on flight attendants.
2: Well, if you don't have to say hit on, but I'll tell you, you can make a friend really easy. We're we're like the cheapest date. Uh, you bring some MMs or <laughs> like some chocolate, interesting, or like. Some uh, people are like, they'll bring pens. Basically, it doesn't matter what it is. It's just the thought that counts. And then usually we are so nice to that person for the rest of the trip. Actually, we don't really need anything. It's just the idea that uh, they had thought about us before they got there. You know, it's really sweet.
3: So kind of along the same lines, can that stuff... If you play it right, get you an upgrade or get you like significant special treatment? Like what what do I have to do? It's not
2: not an upgrade. It's can not any, an
3: upgrade. Can anything get you an upgrade? <laughs> assuming there's there's seats available, assuming that. Can't, like If I stroll onto the plane, you're there, I'm I'm a pastor, what can I do to get myself to schmooze my way to an upgrade?
2: It doesn't really happen. The only way it happens, because there it causes too many problems because you'll have like 20 other passengers going I was next on the list I was next on the list you know um the only time it ever happens and it's usually the gate agent does it is if it's a military person in uniform
3: do marines get preference over like coast guard
2: no no it's any military
3: okay doesn't doesn't discriminate it's all branches are equal yeah okay yeah Do you so now? You know, to ask the question that Tim was really asking: if you, if I did want to hit on a flight attendant, is that something that they entertain? Is that like (laughs) frowned upon? Is it like, all right, enough already? Like passengers are always trying to like.
2: You know, actually, passengers aren't always trying to do it. It's actually quite rare, so I don't think there's any problem with that.
3: It's very tough to do that in an awkward way because you board the plane, it is awkward. they say hello to you, you sit down, and then you're just in such tight quarters, and everyone can kind of see and hear what's going on. So, from the flight attendant's perspective, right, right, it, whether you you know want to like ask them for their number or just you know give a gift, like Tim was talking about, when is the best time to like strike up a conversation to like actually kind of create a little relationship with the flight attendant? Is it in that first boarding area or what?
2: No, no, it's at the galley. So like whenever like the, the service is done and everything's picked up and we're not doing anything, that's um, the, the best time for you to try to do something like that. And you, you'll be able to tell if they want to talk to you or not, you know, uh, just in the galley, try to make conversation. And um, I can tell you a funny story how um, I've, I've only dated a few passengers and uh, I basically have had to approach them in general because they almost never hit on people um, I don't, I don't think they feel comfortable and plus like what do you, you know, you're at the window seat how are you gonna flirt with the flights in it
1: so what's your what's your move on them then how do you break that barrier
2: Well okay so uh, this is I'll try to make this shorter it's actually quite a long story but I had broken up with a boyfriend and I was watching a TV movie and um, I thought the guy on the TV was really cute and so uh, the next um, Monday, he walks on my airplane. Wow. And I was like, oh my gosh, it's that guy that I thought was so cute on the TV show. You know, and so I told the other flight attendants, I said, he was sitting in first class. I'm like, I'm working first class. You know, I ran in the bathroom and put my heels on and my lipstick on. And um, then I was like, well, how in the world am I going to, you know, how am I going to talk to him in front of, you know, the other passengers It's just awkward. So he was drinking coffee and club soda and just kept filling it up and kept filling it up because I thought when he goes to the bathroom, that's the time that I could say something, you know?
1: So so you're trying to get him to have to pee.
2: Yes. That was what I did.
1: <laughs> All right. That's a good move.
2: Yes. Well, he wasn't, he wasn't drinking. So I was just filling up and then it was now we're landing and, uh, it's like Vancouver, LA. And he had never got up to pee. And I was like, I'm, I don't, I'm running out of time. So, um, he finally gets up, uh, on initial and he goes to the bathroom and I thought, okay, I got to say something. And, you know, we have a manifest and, um, I just asked him. uh, His name was initials, and I said, um, "What do your initials stand for?" And he said, "Oh, I'm an actor." And there was already an actor with my first and last name, so I had to, um, you know, just go by something else. So I used my initials, and I said, "Oh, I know you're an actor. I saw your show." And he was like, "You saw the show?" Because he was his. It had just gotten canceled. And so that's why he was coming back to LA with like his tail between his legs. And he said, Well, you must have been the only one in the country that saw it. <laughs> it's canceled. And so he goes in the bathroom and, uh, and now I'm all nervous. And uh, he comes out and he says, uh, uh, What are you doing later? And I was like, Nothing. He's like, Do you want to go listen to some jazz? And I'm like, Yeah. So uh, then he said, uh, You know, what's your name? And then he said, Instead of going to jazz, do you want to go? to dinner and i was like yeah and so oh, he's uh,
3: already taking it up a notch from jazz to dinner very smooth
2: <laughs> well i was so excited because i just been drooling over him on television so then um we arranged to meet at a place in la and then he's getting off the plane and he says um are you really gonna show up there and i'm thinking wild horses couldn't keep me away
1: <laughs> <laughs> well that's I- awesome it's, it sounds like you played it perfectly
2: Yes, but, you know, he also helped, but he also said later that he would have never, he thought uh, he was attracted to me and he would have never asked me out because he thinks we get hit on all the time. And I think a lot of men think that when it's not actually, it's not very conducive for that.
3: Well, I th- I know. Well, I think it's like the idea of approaching someone in such tight quarters when there's so many other people around You can like, it's, planes are pretty quiet. You can, everyone can kind of hear what you're saying, I think that spooks people. Yeah. Even though, like we were talking about earlier, no one's paying attention to you. They're listening to their movie. They're listening to music. No one cares what's going on. Even if there's a big incident, you probably aren't aware of it. So if you're trying to ask out a flight attendant in the back of the plane, like literally, maybe one person will overhear you. If that, it's probably just the other flight attendant. And actually, um, in general, if they're you know
2: attached or not interested, it's not that big a deal. And uh, you know, it's flattering.
3: Yeah, for sure. What's pre pre COVID. What's your like go to layover activity. Is it like you grab drinks with the other flight attendants, like identify a little known actor among the passengers and try and get them out on a date? Like what's your, what's your (laughs) go-to?
2: Yeah, that's not, that doesn't, that only happened once. Uh, but, um. Here's an interesting thing about um, Amsterdam right now. They give us a flyer, all the different, or they have a briefing for us at all these different places in Europe or wherever you're going internationally. And they'll tell you what the situation is and what you're allowed to do. And so they had put a flyer in our keys and it said, um, you cannot purchase alcohol or soft drinks after 8 p.m. And I was like, huh, well, I get the." alcohol but why can't you have soft drinks you know they worried about people getting fat so the next the next day in the crew van i was like i think it's odd that you you can't buy soft drinks after 8 p.m and she said it said soft drugs soft (laughs) drugs
3: of course hard drugs though are fine
2: so i uh i my brain auto corrected (laughs) to soft drinks but i guess they mean marijuana so you can't buy um alcohol or marijuana after 8 p.m you can't even, there was a girl that was ordering room service and she ordered a beer and you can't even have, they're like, well, we can't give you the beer. She's like, I can't have one beer alone in my hotel room. So, you know, some things are a bit random, especially like in Amsterdam, who is like the city of vices.
3: So is the loophole around that for everyone to just like do a bunch of heroin? Cause that's like, <laughs> like, well, it's not a soft drug and it's after 10 PM. So what do you want me to do? I was going to do marijuana, but like cocaine, now, so might as well just, <laughs> yeah. you can only do the hard stuff.
2: I'll tell you another story about the crew rest area. And I'll try to, I'm going to, I don't know how um, risque you can be on your podcast. So I'll change one term.
1: Oh, we we can be as risque as you want.
2: Okay. And this is a word I don't like, but it was really funny in this situation. So this is my flight and we had a young, straight, male, black flight attendant. And um, we had this flight attendant who has been flying like 45 years. So you could tell she was pretty when she was younger and she had this low voice and um, she's like a little ditzy. Anyway, so here comes uh, the male flight attendant, the junior guy uh, up from crew rest and uh, he's all flustered and I say, what's wrong? And he goes, oh my God, oh my God. And I'm like, what? He's like, oh my God, oh my God. I'm like, what's going on? And he goes, you know, the real senior old flight attendant and I'm like yeah he goes I was on the bottom bunk and she was on the top bunk and she came down and she wasn't wearing a skirt and she wasn't wearing any underwear so it was like right eye level for where he was and he said she said to me are we the only ones down here and he said no no (laughs) no (laughs) so then he goes oh that was some old pussy so the rest of the trip that's i know that's a terrible word i usually would use that word but the rest of the trip every time she left the galley area we'd go like
3: that's some old pussy oh my gosh. <laughs> how embarrassing that i like i love her like just such confidence that he would be into it that she didn't even waste any time. She was just like, I'm going down pantsless. I know no underwear. We're just going to like, and then I'm going to ask. And then a second I'm going to ask, are we alone? <laughs> Unbelievable confidence for a miss old pussy. <laughs> That's pretty funny. So who knew when you're, you sitting there enjoying your f- international flight and who knew all this stuff was going on down below?
2: And there's a lot of stuff going on.
1: I'm sure. I mean, these are, this is people's lives. They're on these flights all the time. You got to keep it interesting, you know?
2: Here, I'll tell you another story that I like. This is back in the Pan Am days. There's so many good stories from the Pan Am days. But this 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 could have happened today. So they were on a flight that went, uh, I think it was from Atlanta to Santiago, and it went on to Buenos Aires. So a woman got on with her dog, and when they landed in Santiago, the, the, the ramp guys were like, um, oh, let's see what kind of dog it is. And they look in the carrier, and the dog's dead. And they were like, oh, my God. Whoa. you know, We're, we're probably going to get sued, whatever. And... I don't know if you've ever been to Santiago, but there's all these stray dogs out at the airport. So they went out and looked for a dog that was like the same size and color. And they went and got that dog and put it in the carrier and then it went on. To um, Buenos Aires. So now the people in Buenos Aires have no idea what's happened. So the ladies and baggage claim going, This is not my dog. And they're like, No, here, look, this is the tag number and this is the number on the thing. This is your dog. She's like, It's not my dog. And they're like, No, here, look, this, you can see, you can see the number on the tag and this is your carry and here's the number on the tag. She's like, I know my dog. It's not my dog. And they're like, Well, no, here's the number. She's like, It's not my dog. My dog was dead.
1: <laughs> so <laughs> wow.
2: she, she had wanted to take it home to like bury it in the yard.
1: <laughs> and sudden, there's an alive dog. Uh, not how I thought the story was gonna end. No, me either, but it's almost better. I think that might be the best story.
2: That stray dog uh got a home because she took the dog home. That's a happy. That's a
1: happy ending to, ending, too. I mean, but then what happened yeah. to the dead dog's body? The dead dog never finished its journey back to wherever
3: it was going.
2: And, um, yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a problem.
3: Well, so what's like, uh, the, the most, the most common quirky, annoying thing that passengers do on the most regular basis that people have no idea they're doing? Like, so what am I doing to piss you off? What's getting under your skin?
2: First of all, people don't want to take their, uh, earphones off. So they always are like, what? And uh, like something to drink, what, you know? something to drink. And then finally they take them off it. So you have to say it three or four times, you know, or, and it's so stupid, but it is irritating. And I, I try, it doesn't really bother me because just if they've done it for so long, they order a coffee and then you say cream and sugar and they go, what? And you go cream and sugar. And they go, what? And you go cream and sugar. Like that's the only question you would ask after somebody orders coffee <laughs> like there, you're not going to be saying what's your favorite color you know <laughs> it's always cream and sugar
3: nutmeg and sprinkles
2: <laughs> you know but it's really not that um it's just those little things which is you know if you're going to really let that bother you then you're probably in the wrong job
3: it's tough because to, you, you always have to maintain a smile and a friendly disposition and i'm always impressed by how flight attendants are able to do that when a, a customer is like refusing to Take out their earbuds or ask you to repeat yourself a million times, and they, I've never really seen a flight attendant break character. And yes, but
2: you know what? Now with the mask, you can kind of say something under oh, your yeah, breath, and they can't really tell. Like, and I've actually kind of enjoyed that.
1: <laughs> yeah, you can kind of say true. something
2: where we've never been able to do.
1: I guess on that same note, when you're walking the cart down the aisle and you hit someone's foot, whose fault is that?
2: Well, you have to really pay attention. Uh, I go really slowly and I say, I say like a recorder, watch the cart, watch the cart, watch the cart, because some people really make a really big deal if you hit them. But uh, also, uh, lots of times you're tired. So one day I was walking through the aisle and there was a bunch of, it was dark and there were a bunch of feet in the aisle and I'm going, watch the cart, watch the cart. And then I was halfway through the aisle and I realized I didn't have a cart. <laughs> let's just say
3: just a crazy (laughs) woman saying watch the card over and over and and over again
2: nobody nobody even nobody even noticed because like you said everybody has their headphones on um so you can do some stupid things now and, and it's fine uh but yeah the the feet the feet aren't really a giant problem uh but you guys have been talking about certain things about how uh you never know when things are happening. And I have another L1011 story that I think is really cute. And, um, you know, the passengers, of course, would have never noticed. But um, I don't know how old you guys are, but uh, there was a time when camcorders were so big, you had to like prop it on your shoulder. And it had like a whole VHS tape in it. <laughs> Where you'd have to take it home and have a VCR to put it in. So this flight tenant, the, the flight was going from Dallas to Honolulu. And the flight tenant says to the pilot, um, This was L-1011, so there were three pilots up there. And she said, I know you're not supposed to, but it's such a beautiful day. Would you mind filming the islands as we land? And the co-pilot was like, oh, sure, I'll do it. So he takes a camcorder and props it up on his... uh, on his shoulder and he's using there was like a button where you would zoom in and he's saying what island is which and he's being a good tour guide and he pans over to the captain and the captain has his pants down and is is mooning for the camera so the co pilots like zooming in and the pilots are laughing and laughing because this isn't a time where you would be able to see it right back because you'd have to like take it home where you had it at vcr so that that night over beers they're laughing and laughing and they're like tomorrow we'll get her camcorder again and we'll film some other stuff so the next day they say to the flight attendant, um, hey why don't you give us your camcorder again and we'll film the other side of the island as we're taking off and uh she goes oh that wasn't my camcorder. It was a passenger's. <laughs> <laughs> and see, like today, they the pilots would be fired. It'd be like a viral video. But back then, you know, you you couldn't disseminate anything, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so they just they just got a surprise when they got home.
1: Well, I hope that the people had a good sense of humor. I mean, like, I would think that was funny. But I, I'm sure there are a lot of people that would not think that was very right. funny.
3: Yeah, I mean, there are a lot of people who I think most people who are just who fly these days just want to tune everybody out, don't want to interact with anyone, don't want to talk to anyone. They just want to sit in their seat and disappear into their technology, right? And I mean, I kind of feel bad because every time I board a flight, and you're in that line, and the flight attendants are big smiles saying like, "Hello, welcome aboard, welcome aboard, welcome aboard," and no one even says hello or or uh, thank you back. Right. Just have their head down, walk to their seat. It's like what are you guys thinking when all these, these, this procession of people are boarding the plane is if a guy doesn't say hello back to you, are you like, fuck that guy? Like he's not getting ice in his water. Like, I don't know. Do you get, how do you keep yourself from getting kind of personally offended by people that don't say hello back to you? that don't reciprocate the friendliness. And are you kind of taking stock of everyone? What's, what's going on?
2: Well, we have like little, we have little things we'll, we'll do to entertain ourselves. We do a lot of things to entertain ourselves that you would never know. Like, uh, when we're saying goodbye to make it more interesting, uh, we'll say like, okay, you take everybody with glasses. (laughs) I'll take the ones without the glasses. So you're actually looking at them or, oh, this is, there's a whole bunch of things that you would never know that I find entertaining. And, um, when we have to stand in the galley, uh, I mean, in the front of the aisle when the demo video is going on, that, that's in the last few years. And we have to stand there, like just doing nothing, you know, and okay, uh, you're just looking at people. So especially when I have a new flight attendant, I'll say, um, oh, I don't know if you know, but what, you, what you're you supposed to do when you're standing there. And, and the new flight attendant will be like, what? You know, because they had just been told to have to stand there. And I said, you have to pick who you would sleep with at gunpoint. So this way. <laughs> <laughs> this way you have to look at all the people you have something to do and then you confer like with the other flight attendants who you picked and sometimes you even have to pick a woman <laughs> you know like when the guys are so bad it's actually just a, a way of entertaining yourself you
3: know yeah like how much do pass do uh flight attendants talk shit about passengers not behind not that their backs? no no really
2: unless they're really they have to be really bad there has to be something really um egregious in general i don't we don't trash talk the passengers.
3: Well, not even trash talk, but I guess just talk in any way, just the gossiping.
2: Oh, uh, we will give people like little names and stuff. Yeah, we're very um we're very cabin aware, we're very passenger aware because you want to be uh ahead of the game who might be a problem. Like that lady that we had to zip tie recently, uh when she got on, we all noticed her. Like it, it wasn't it's nothing illegal, but she had all this rope with her, like, had, like all, this, all this rope when rope. she was getting on and it's like you're a, there's no reason you can't have rope it's just like such an odd thing to have but
3: um she knew you were gonna try and tie her up so she was getting <laughs> ready to counter tie you guys up <laughs> well our next segment is listener questions where uh, listeners submit travel questions and stories to us and then we pose uh, those questions to our guests for their input so we have a question one question for you today okay. it is from Janice from New Mexico and the question is, I was on a flight recently, and a woman had an emotional support parrot. Yes. The parrot would talk every five minutes. At first, it was pretty entertaining, and then it just got downright obnoxious. What is worse, a disruptive animal or a crying baby?
2: Um well, the, the, the emotional support animals have just gotten out of control. Luckily, the airlines are cr- are clamping down on that somewhat. And actually, the crying baby isn't a big deal for the uh, flight crew. It's more of a deal for the passengers. Like, a baby crying is not a problem for us. That's
3: probably, like, white noise for you guys by now.
2: But also, we're always moving and we're going to the back galley, so um, we're not sitting right next to the crying baby. So, But you know what? Um, This is something that I've seen, which I think is really smart on the parents' part. This is like I was talking about the candy before. Uh, Some people with a baby will, will ahead of time, make little bags of candy for the few people around them. And with like (laughs) a little note that says, um, I'm, you know, Charlie and and,
1: um, i've gotten one of those before it's yes, nice and
2: it says like we're gonna do everything we can to keep him quiet but you know uh there might be you know at times he's crying so they're basically like apologizing in advance that's so genius
3: and then you I can't know. be you can't be pissed after that you can't even be mad even if they give you like a little like snickers bar tiny thing doesn't matter it's like the gesture you can't be mad or you're a dick it's genius
2: and sometimes they they have like cute little 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 notes from the the kid it's really cute
3: yeah that's what's the strangest emotional support animal that you've seen because you hear about some crazy like peacocks and donkeys and things
2: right i've seen the baby horse Oh, really? Um, and and i've seen a monkey
3: where do you put a baby horse
2: actually they're kind of usually at the bulkhead uh <laughs> but actually the baby horse is actually they, you can have a they actually have seeing-eye baby horses so that they're actually legitimate not like some of these other you know emotional support ducks or whatever that is you know because they can't do anything for you
3: yeah it's just crazy with these emotional support animals i'm gonna remember that candy thing though just in case just not for crying baby just in case i have i annoy anyone on the plane you know just pass it out to anyone (laughs) In case I'm like acting out in any way for the next six hours,
1: in case I drink too much, if like... I have to get zip ties, it's okay because I gave you candy.
3: I here's from M Ms. I now have license to do whatever I want.
2: That that flight with the zip ties was the first time I've been on a flight where we've had to do that. So I mean, it, it's not very often. You know, there's always there's always a first.
3: Yeah. All right, Betty. Well, that's it for us. Unless uh, Tim has any other questions to add. I, I think so. I, I think we're good. Those are some amazing stories. Thank you so much for being so open to sharing. Yeah, very insightful.
2: Actually, it was fun talking to you guys.
3: Where can uh, and where can people find you? I know you, you got the Betty in the Sky with a Suitcase podcast, and I know you've got some books out as well.
2: Yes, I have a bunch of books, but just go to bettyinthesky.com. That's where you can find everything.
3: Okay, awesome. So check that out. All right, Betty, take care.
2: Thank you. Perfect. Bye.
1: All right, well, hot takes, although I've got to say, I don't think any of our hot takes are going to be better than the the hot takes that we just heard from Betty.
3: Yeah, we just had an hour of hot takes from someone with way more interesting stories than we have, so it's going to be tough to top that.
1: I can't wait to go on an international flight so that I can, like, try to see if I observe any of these things that are going on, like, oh, like, those two flight attendants just disappeared downstairs. They're going to hook up. Oh, man. I feel like I just got red-pilled. I feel like I'm awake now. I'm... I'm definitely bringing snacks. I mean, it's probably not kosher to give them booze, but I'm definitely bringing snacks on the plane for the flight attendant.
3: Now. They would do. They would definitely appreciate booze, like a little, like just like a little, like two nips, you know?
1: A nips, as you call them. Yes, I've I've still never heard anyone else call them that.
3: Yeah, nips, shooters. Just... Is that an East? Is that an East Coast thing? I didn't. I didn't think it was. And then I came out here, and no one has any idea what it is. Every time I go abroad, no one has any idea what it is. I, I, I remember thinking, okay, maybe it's like a coastal thing. And then we were, when we were in San Diego last year, we uh, I remember going to the liquor store, I was like, do you have any McGillicuddy's nips? He was like, number one, what is McGillicuddy's? And number two, what the fuck are nips?
1: Yeah, San Diego, man. Not drinking many, much McGillicuddy's down there on no, the beach. Ridiculous. All right, well, uh, I'm going to start it off and put you on the hot seat first with this really, really hot take that needs to be discussed in depth. Is drinking on a plane bullshit? Drinking on a plane is not bullshit, no. Because you seem like the type of person that might think that it is because you don't drink all day. You're just a a whiskey drinker and you don't marathon. So it seems to me, from your perspective, that drinking before you get to your destination probably might be counterproductive.
3: Yeah, I mean, I'm just really bad at day drinking because marathon drinking Jack and Cokes all day is... Not a good time, but yeah, I could see uh, drinking on the plane. If you're, especially if you're going with like with a bunch of your friends to like a Caribbean island, you're trying to stay excited, stay pumped up for the trip, like get a nice buzz on the plane, or if you're trying to fall asleep, that I understand. But the, the thing to keep in mind is you don't want to peak too early. So if you're going to get to a destination like mid afternoon or night and you have plans to go out or do stuff there. I don't want to be like all fucked up at like 11 a.m. on the plane because it's gonna ruin the rest of your day. So I think whatever decision I made would have to depend on where I'm going, what my plan is once I'm there, and like what the whole vibe of the trip is.
1: I would say that these days i I honestly don't drink on a plane generally, unless it's a long haul and they're given like a glass of wine with dinner. I might do that, but I'm not. I'm no longer the person that like orders a drink off the menu on a plane. Okay, next question. Pros
3: and cons of both the front and back of the plane. Well, the back of the plane and Lost is the one that broke off and they all disappeared. So I, th- I always feel like I always remember that and think that the back is bad. I'd rather be in the front because you get off earlier. I think it's a pretty universal thing, right? I mean, there's also nothing more tedious than being in the back and watching the dinner, the meal cart work its way toward you and you're hungry and you see rows upon rows of people getting their cookies, getting their pretzels, getting whatever. And it takes like forty-five minutes to get to you because they're only coming one direction, front to back. And you it's like a little slow form of torture.
1: Yeah. And and another argument for the front, and this, you know, this is something that I've come to see in recent years, is as a United Mileage Plus member, like I am able to board in group two. Check out that flex from Tim. Yeah. I think this feel like this is like the fourth time I've brought this up on the show, but I and it's not just that any rewards airline rewards program, so you get to board earlier. But a lot of the people that are in the rewards programs sit business class, first class, or have otherwise better seats, and I don't do that because I'm cheap, and I always buy the cheapest seat. So I'll be like the only one at the end of the plane for like 25 minutes until like the the latter
3: groups are able to get onto the plane. So we've really come up with no pros for sitting in the back, but here's one. Do you think that the back of the plane carries the same social capital as the back of the bus in high school? Like sitting in the back of the bus, you're cool, right? You're a loser if you sit in the front. Same thing for planes or no? Check out these losers up
1: front. No, because you don't know these people. You're you're not. You don't know these people. It's not like you're getting on a plane and every day it's the same people sitting in the same seats, like it is on the. Scooters. No, but it's a one. People care about the the, the opinions of strangers for whatever reason. I think a, it could, I could. yeah, that could work in that it's easier. I would say it's probably easier to befriend the flight attendants uh, if you're sitting near their galley or whatever. So that could work. All right. Um, and last one, airline with the best flight attendants, like coolest people.
3: Uh, I don't have a specific, but any airline where the flight attendants will give you extra meals, that's any airline that does that. Honestly, I, I think uh, Lufthansa comes to mind. I was coming back from Germany, there uh, was Frankfurt to Boston and they had these breakfast burritos and I was so hungry and they're an okay size, but like not, not a full meal. So I had one it was like really good and they were done passing out food. And I was, so I asked the flight attendant, I was like, do you have uh, Getting more of these burritos or what's what's going on? And she's she's like, uh, yeah, let me go, let me go check. She comes back with two extra burritos for me. Just gives me two. She's like, Yeah, I brought you one of each kind, didn't know which one you wanted. I was like, this is immediately my best airplane experience. That's it. Like, I'm not someone that goes and writes reviews online, but if I was to go and write a review of one airline for any reason, they could have delayed that flight by seven hours. They could have canceled it four times on me. But because she gave me those extra two burritos, far and away, best flight experience <laughs> of my life. Um, all right. Well, that's what I got. All right. Well, these are not on topic at all. These have nothing to do whatsoever with flying. <laughs> but um, the first is who is at fault: the startler or the startlee? So, if someone is st- if you startle somebody by accident, they freak out. Oh my god, you startled me. And then your your immediate response is, oh, I'm sorry. Is it your fault or is it their fault for not being more aware? I think you could probably guess where my opinion is on this.
1: Well, let's run through a quick scenario. You're walking down the sidewalk in a busy city and you bump shoulders with somebody that's staring at their cell phone. Okay. Whose fault is that? Because neither one of you clearly were paying attention enough to avoid the other person that is a really interesting question i would say that it's probably
3: the person who got bumped's fault the person who's looking at their phone yes well, i mean i guess the thing is i think you're on even, even playing ground now because you're both not paying attention for whatever reason i mean yeah i don't know i don't know if there's a winner in this situation
1: i feel like both people are going to live the rest of their lives Wishing that that never
0: happened. I boys.
3: How's it going? <laughs> Wait, what? Where did you come from?
0: <laughs> this is the podcast. How's it going? I
3: invited a surprise guest. Okay. Well, I guess we have a special guest for today's hot takes. This is Alex Bressler, our good friend and colleague from Matador Network. Startled the shit out of me, actually, speaking of startling. And it's uh, good timing, actually, Alex, because Tim didn't Tim didn't adequately answer this one to my satisfaction. So I'm going to pose it to you.
0: Oh, God. Okay.
3: Because we were talking, I asked you about startling, Tim, and you were talking about bumping into people and stuff. So who is at fault, the startler or the startly? So if you accidentally, say you go to a coffee shop and you want to order coffee, the girl behind the counter is like below the counter, not paying attention. She pops back up, sees you and she's like, oh my God, like, oh, you startled me. Whose fault is that? You don't even drink coffee. Why are you at the coffee shop?
0: Well, honestly, I don't think anybody's at fault. It's a pretty innocuous situation to be in. I feel more responsible as the startler than the startlee.
3: You feel responsible, don't you? I feel responsible too, but should you? Because I feel like it's the fault of the startle for not having their head on a swivel, you know? Gotta stay aware of your surroundings.
0: Once the startler startles the startlee. Typically when the startlee gets startled that then startles the startler. Oh man, that's really hard to get through.
3: Right. So once she reacts to me being like, "Oh, you startled me," then I then I'm startled. Is that what you're saying?
0: Right. It's sort of like a reciprocal relationship. Mm, yeah, never happened to me.
3: I've never gotten the old bounce back startle.
0: Startle free.
3: <laughs> Star- startle free since 2003.
0: Nice. <laughs> <laughs> then maybe you are you are doing something wrong with how you stand you shouldn't be startling people everywhere you go.
3: yeah do i have a startling presence am i like do i have that like an intimidating like
0: your face but otherwise you're pretty fine
3: right startling face for sure but
0: i think you i think you move pretty gracefully well that's pushing (laughs) it
3: then the last hot take question for you guys is is street food bullshit we had the food truck conversation, but I feel like street food is a little different because there is a novelty to food trucks that it's like a new kind of fad. Street food isn't a fad; it's like how people get their food in most places. Street food is an experience that you have
1: in a place, and you're never going to have that experience anywhere else. You know, there's well, not- Why is that
3: different than going to a restaurant in a place? Like, because why is-
1: you're actually involving yourself in like the street culture, the the scene. It's a social scene. It's like a, it's an experience that's not. The, the, the person that's making the food is not in complete control of the setting, okay? So the restaurant is not there creating a dining room that's lit and decorated in the manner that they want to present to you so that they can charge you X amount of money to come into their restaurant. Street food is as corny and cliche as it is to say this, it's authentic. It's the way it's it's just the food. That's all they can control. And if the if somebody gets in a
3: car accident right in front of you, whatever happens, that's the experience of it. I do get where you're coming from. Definitely more authentic. But if your main argument is that you might see a car crash in front of you while you're eating, might have to think on that a little more.
0: I am on Tim team, Tim's team, not surprisingly, but I would also argue that all everything you put in the pro column for food trucks could actually be in the con column for food trucks, right? Novelty is just a different brand of, kind of gimmicky, you know? Yeah, I think there's a certain around food trucks that doesn't exist around street food necessarily street food you can really just grab something and go and keep on walking you never have to line up you don't have to worry about cash and cards depending on where in the world you are i think there's something to it
3: so are you anti uh food truck alex
0: i'm not anti any food i think we all know this in general uh
3: are you anti anything what are you anti Let's get to the bottom of this.
0: I am anti most things Evan. I am anti-negativity.
3: you know what this is actually good because Alex is the most positive person I know and I think this has been a particularly negative hot takes from my perspective. so <laughs> I need it's good to have you here. I need you here to sort of balance me out to balance out the uh all the all the negativity that I'm bringing today. I received a comment the other day that our podcast was a broadcast so,
0: do you self-identify as a bro uh
3: do i that's actually a really good question i would tend to say no because i think that has negative connotations so
0: i would say you're bro adjacent
3: Okay I like that term
0: right you're not quite a bro in in every way but if I met you quickly and in fact when I did meet you quickly before I knew you I maybe put you more in the bro column than any other column Mostly I put you in the, the Boston column though for being honest
3: interesting because I don't consider myself very Boston like I don't have I don't have an accent
0: you don't but you talk about being from Massachusetts a lot so it's easy to put you in that column
3: okay yeah all
1: right yeah I don't because Evan's not really like the people I know from boston you know people from boston are like for lack of a better term they're assholes (laughs) and evan's not really
3: an asshole but he's definitely east coast
0: asshole adjacent right
3: bro i'll take i'll take anything adjacent because that that gives me a little bit of like plausible deniability
0: some street food now i'm gonna log off
3: all right well before you leave uh what do you want to plug alex you can't come on a podcast and not plug anything Where can can our listeners find you?
0: Absolutely nothing. I'm remarkably absent from social media.
3: Wow. So you came on just to spend time with us, just out of the goodness of your heart. That's just not to sell anything, not not to promote anything. That's touching, Alex. Really touching.
0: You guys are doing good. I'm proud of you, boys.
3: Appreciate it. You're too kind. We'll talk to you later. All right. That's it for Hot Takes. And that is it for this episode of No Blackout Dates thanks for joining us make sure to check out betty over at betty in the sky with a suitcase and keep your tips in mind next time you fly because they will come in handy i certainly will make sure to subscribe leave us a comment on apple podcasts and a uh, five-star review and let us know whether you think the startler or the startly is at fault people are dying to know that's it for today i'm evan i'm tim and we'll catch you guys next week